So I was teaching a class the other day, a uh, live class. I don't, don't do a whole lot of those unless I'm at a conference or something. Uh, but I was teaching a live class and uh, having a great time. It was great to actually see some faces and uh, be real close to people where I could... Uh, you know, actually interact with them live and in person. The virtual is, is gosh, it's right there. It's, it's close. It's close. It's, we're live. We've got folks from all over the country. If you haven't had a virtual class, sign up and take one. You're going to like it. Go to appraiserylearning.com and sign up right now. Uh, in fact, we've got some, some webinars coming up again. Uh, those are free. And then I've got a special training event coming up where if you want to be in the VIP plus section, you'll actually have the opportunity to get one of my restricted appraisal reports. You'll get a copy of one of my engagement letters that you could start using in your own practice to help you make more money, right? Uh, I'm excited about that. Um, you should be able to go over to Appraiser Learning uh, and check that out. It's called How to Make Money Utilizing Restricted Appraisal Reports. And if you've never done one, you really need to think about adding that into your toolbox because it's a great tool and most appraisers don't use it, sadly. Uh, so check that out at appraiserylearning.com. But I was in a live class and uh, we were talking about technology. We were talking about uh, using some sort of device out in the field. We were talking about all kinds of things and, and surprisingly, most of the folks in the live class still use a clipboard, right? Um, come on back and join this conversation and let's have a conversation about utilizing and embracing technology instead of resisting it. Come on back and join the conversation. Hi, this is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks over at Appraiser eLearning. You need some education? Check us out at appraiserelearning.com. Lots of stuff happening over there, as I'm sure you're well aware. We still give stuff away, but man, we have lots of opportunity for you to get your CE. And then we've got some really great offerings that are non-CE, but you get a lot of good content, maybe even some working tools like I talked about a moment ago. So before I dive into, you know, what we, what we really went over that day and, you know, I tried to shake them up and talk about technology and use, I want to show you a couple of things. Um, I was, I had to move. <laughs> That's another whole story, but I ran across a couple of things, right? And back in the day, we used to get our MLS data. And for those of you listening to this podcast instead of watching, maybe you ought to go over and watch it occasionally on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search appraiserylearning.com, excuse me, appraiserylearning, hit the subscribe button and you can get the video. So what I'm holding up for those of you listening and not watching is a book and it is a book that was published by the Owensboro Board of Realtors. The date on this particular publication is September, uh, July 1st, 2006, so it's been a minute, to September 30th, 2006. And I just want to show you something. This is, this is the sales of residential property in my community 
during that quarter. And you can you can see if you're watching, if you can't, it's a little, it's a <laughs> there's six little boxes on a page. It's eight and a half by eleven, right? And there's six boxes, and they give you characteristics of the sale. For instance, here's a house at 2456 Mayfair uh, Avenue in Owensboro that sold in September of 2006 for 99000 uh, And it gives some characteristics. It was 1,487 square feet. It had three beth- bedrooms. It had one and one-half bathrooms. It tells who the agent was. It tells a little bit about the characteristics of the house. Here's one at 2,600 Windsor, sold for $100,000. So you could see back in the day, <laughs> we had to thumb through this book and try and find comps. And this is just one quarter. So now let me pull another one up and look in that quarter. And if you were appraising this in December, the the sales from October through December 31st weren't in a book yet. So if you were appraising something in December and something sold in November, you wouldn't have that in one of these books. Now, you might have to go to your real estate office and say, hey, can I see your current listing book? Because they'd publish one of these, uh, a listing book that had the comparable data in the back for the sales that had recently occurred that had not met the quarterly book. So that's what you had to do. And you remember back in the day, we used to take photographs, right? And we would go over to the one-hour photo lab, and many, t- many times you'd have to wait a couple of hours at the one-hour photo lab to get your pictures. Well, I'll show you what I started doing. I started indexing all my pictures. So this is a sleeve. You can see it says Calhoun, Kentucky Comps. Look at the date. Oh, my gosh. I must have been 10 when I started, right? So this was 11-12-1999. And what we would do is we'd take comp photos. So here, here are either the comp. Well, it's a comp photo. So these are comps, and these are old. So there's two stuck together. I've got a couple more of the same house. Well, I got a bunch of that house. I didn't probably want to go back and get those redone, right? And then there's a different house, right? But what we would do is you had date stamps on them. So the nice thing about that is we would keep these in a big box. And I, and I had the pictures in a sleeve that said November of 99, but November 12th, 1999. But guess what? Let's say I went in there to get a picture and there weren't any. Then I would grab the negatives out because we kept all the negatives and I would look and I'd say, okay, well, which negative is it? Okay, well, it's this, it's this one right here. So I'd pull that out and I'd take that over and I'd say, okay, well, I need two photographs. Make it, go ahead and make it four of photograph number six. One hour photo lab. Can you do that for me? And they would. And that saved me a drive. Let's go home. Calhoun's uh, just under an hour away. So if I didn't have these these pictures or the negative in which I could get a new picture, I'd have drive 45 minutes, take a picture, drive 45 minutes back, take it to the one-hour photo lab. If I needed the comp right then and had a brand-new roll of film, I'm wasting 23 pictures because I only took one picture. Wait two hours. So, you know, that's two, almost four hours of time that, 
I could go over and take the negative and get a, get one. Here's another one. Dated November 8th. Oh, my gosh. What I just... Guys, I didn't set this up. Uh, I didn't set this up. I'm so glad I pulled that out and that was sticking on there. Because that proves my point, right? So... <laughs> This is awesome. And I bet I bet this was the picture. There's a there's a couple of pictures in there, two different houses again, right? And on this one, you can see we've done that at some point because that's how I would let my guy know over at the picture place. This little sticky note says two prints of OA. So it must have been the OA was the uh, the the negative number. See how that says for those of you watching, two prints of OA. So we took these negatives out. There were no pictures in there. And hey, can you give me two prints of that? I'd wait a little bit, drive back over and get my pictures. That's what we did. Those of you been at this game know what I'm talking about. Look at these. Do you know what this is? So these are little stickers that we used to put on. So this says uh, subject. So you just peel the little sticker off and you tape it on. Subject. Right? And then, of course, you'd have comp number one. There's comp number one. And then here's comp number two. Right? Here's comp number two. It's north of the subject. And then here's comp number three. And it was... It was really north right so comp number three is up there that's what we used to do guys we we take these stickers and photocopy a map and we'd stick it on there we would tape the pictures on there how many of you are still using these little stickers how many of you are taking your photographs to the one hour photo lab it doesn't make sense how many of you are typing your reports on a typewriter it doesn't make sense and ladies and gentlemen if you're using a clipboard out in the field it doesn't make sense now you're going to resist me for those of you using a clipboard because you can't help yourself i'm suggesting you try something new something different and we as human beings resist change change is going to happen whether you like it or not if you don't believe me look in the mirror most things change. Not everything changes. And I'm going to come back to that at the end of this podcast because I think that's important. Not everything changes. But most things change. And things that will help you as a practicing appraiser be more efficient and run your business smoother, you should embrace those changes. Right? Writing down drywall, carpet, double-hung windows, crown molding on a legal pad, and then going back to your office and typing the same information you just wrote doesn't make sense. Now you're going to try and invoke some limiting beliefs on me. Well, Brian, I tried that iPad thing, and it just didn't work. Or I don't, I don't use iPads. I, would a regular tablet work? Yes. Well, what if it rains? What if I drop it? What if I break it? What if it, you know, what if it's sunny and I can't see it? Well, what if, what if, what if? Guys, I told you in a podcast recently that I had a $500 check fly out the depository and off somewhere into the hills of wherever, 
is not here anymore, right? Sometimes some things might happen, and you're going to have to deal with that. But guys, I have a I have a cover on this. I have a protector on this. So if rain all you want to. I'm going to get wet, but this isn't. It's not going to get hurt. The case is right here. If I drop it, watch it break. I'll be like that Tesla guy, right? I will. I'm just I'm throwing stuff, and it didn't even crack, right? It still works. It's got a hard case, and it's going to work. Use the tools that are readily available. It makes sense. It might be a little bit of a learning curve. It might take you a little bit to get the hang of it. But once you get the hang of it, you will love it. For all those of you that are listening that are still resisting, how many of you use multiple monitors in your office? You use two, three? So I asked this of the audience that was there, right? And almost everyone in the audience did use multiple monitors. Uh, many used two, one used three, one guy used four. He said, I'd use five if I figure out how to plug another one in. And then I, I went to them and I said, all right, all of you that are using two or more monitors, how would you feel if I said, hey, I want to come up and, and take you back down to one monitor? You, only, you can only use one monitor now. I said, no way. There's no way I'm going to go back to use them one monitor again. Guys, if you use a laser, if you use an iPad or some sort of tablet, if you embrace technology, maybe you use some of the scanning stuff or the, the, uh, the technology that will scan the houses now, right? Um, I'm, I'm investigating that as we speak. Why not use the tools that will make you better at your job? Listen to me carefully. You get paid for two things. You get paid for your time and your knowledge. And that's it. That's what you get paid for, your time and your knowledge. The more time I, I spend on a project, the more I want to make, right? The, the higher my fee. The, the, the higher risk associated with a project, I'm going to charge more. A bank does. You go into a bank and you have sterling credit, you're probably going to get a great interest rate. You go into a bank and you have not so great credit, well, number one, you may not even get the loan, but if you do get a loan, what happens? You're going to pay a higher interest rate. Why? Because they don't like you? No, because you represent a little bit higher risk to that financial institution than the other person that has a really good credit score, right? So if I'm, if I'm working on a project, and I think there's more risk to me as a business owner I'm going to do exactly like the bank does, and I'm going to charge as a consequence of that elevated risk. It's a prudent business decision to do that, and that's what you should be doing. But you get paid for time and knowledge, right? And so if, if using technology could save you time, that would free up time that you could either take off, go fishing, or it would accumulate, it would bank up eventually to where you would have more time to charge for other services, to charge a more billable service, right? So please think about doing that. And if you're a listener or a viewer and you're only using one monitor, go buy another monitor today. 
<laughs> go buy it today. Plug that sucker up. Give it a week. It'll take you a day. And you're going to wish you would have done this five years ago. It just makes too much sense. And one of my students said, hey, won't you have a class on this? Won't you have a workshop on this? And I said, well, you know, it's kind of hard to do a workshop or a training session on, on something like that. You wouldn't get CEs. Like, I don't care about the CE. So I said, all right, well, let me think about it. Let me think about it. So if any of my listeners or viewers are interested in something like that, drop a note, send, a, send an email to us, uh, reach out to some of the team. Let us know if that's something what, that you would like. In fact, let us know what you would like in regard to education, to training, if there's something specialized you'd like for us to try to do. We're here because of you, and we're here to give back to the profession. We want to provide a great service to you, our customer, as well. Uh, if you're not a customer, you should be. If you are a customer, thank you. Finally, I told you I wanted to bring this full circle and talk about not changing in some areas. You know, what we do as an appraiser is extremely important. The consumer's biggest asset of their lives is probably their house, the house they're buying. Now, I've talked publicly on some forums and and maybe in my podcast, I don't know, but in classes that I was buying a house recently and um, the last four houses I've bought and I've gotten a home inspection, didn't have to, I chose to, I wanted to know what I was getting. And this last one uh, was a one-bedroom home. I know, you thought I was a little smarter than this. <laughs> Why would I buy a one-bedroom home? I know, I know, I know, I know. But I got a really good deal, a sweetheart deal on it. I was going to buy it. And for, <clears throat> for a short-term rental, I thought it would be fine because I could put a couch in the living room, a pull-out couch, and you could have enough sleeping space for two couples or kids or whatever you want to. You know, For short-term, I wasn't ex- concerned about it being one-bedroom. Long-term, it probably would have bit me, right? But I was going to do it and um, decided not to get a home inspection. It's a little bitty house, right? Uh, had it did I did want termite because if this thing's got forty thousand dollars worth of termite damage, I don't want it, right? So bug guy, go look at it. He called me up and he said, "Hey, he said, um, have you got somebody looking at the garage?" And he said, "There is termite damage. It's on the outer wall." Um, but he said, I'm, "This garage." He said, "Now this is beyond my scope. I'm not the expert here, but I'm just wondering." I said, "Well, I wasn't going to, but I am now." <laughs> So I called a home inspector and I said, hey, can you get over there? We're supposed to close this week. Can you get over there and look at it? And uh, he said, yeah. I said, look, I don't need a report. I, 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 don't, I don't need any pictures. I don't need a report. I want to buy your time and knowledge. I want to buy your time and knowledge. I'm willing to pay. You, you tell me what I owe you. I want your professional opinion. And he went over there and looked at it. And he called me back and he said, uh, yeah. You know, we got some issues. See, it was a carport that was attached with a flat roof, and then they turned it into a garage and made a gable roof. But he said, Brian, all the supports for that roof are tied into particle board, and the roof is compromised. And he said, the walls over here. And I said, you're telling me I need to take the garage off. I just need to remove the garage. He said, yeah, that is what I'm telling you. I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. So I called the other real estate agent. I was representing us on my side because I happen to be a real estate agent, too. And I said, look, if you have another cash backup offer, you probably ought to take it. I, I'll still buy this house. I'm still cool with buying it. 
Uh, I told you I wasn't going to require anything on things that I can see. But things that I can't see could always come back, like termite, and it does have termite. Now, if I tear it down, don't rebuild, the term, I don't have to worry about it. But I'm going to rebuild, so I would need a poison soil treatment on that side where the, the outside is. And let's figure out what it would cost to remove the garage and then add a garage back on, and I want half of that as a credit. And uh, I said, you're not going to hurt my feelings if, if the seller just wants to sell it to somebody else. Uh, but I will still, I will still buy it. And we can close on Thursday. Uh, but I want a credit, right? Cause now I'm, I, now I got a big issue. I got to take that. And guys, what I was going to do is take the garage off and not put a garage back on. I was going to, I already called planning and zoning. I confirmed the setback. They said, well, you might not be able to put it exactly where it is. It's going to be a close call. You might, I said, well, it's 14 feet wide. I, I'm, I can go 12 feet wide. I don't care, but there's enough room for me to add a bedroom, maybe in another bathroom or two more bedrooms. Whatever I ended up wanting to do, I was going to change it from a one bedroom to more, right? Since I had to take the garage off anyway. At the end of the day, they chose to sell it to somebody else. And I was, I understood. It didn't hurt my feelings. I got another one I needed to remodel. I was fine with that. My point is getting a professional out there to opine on what the condition of that garage was and what what the, what my potential exposure was was critically important to me. And I learned a lesson that day. Don't don't bypass that anymore, right? I was going to just skip it on that one. I'm not going to skip it anymore. Now I just bought a house at the courthouse steps and I mean I got it no matter what. So, but but any deal that I negotiate, I'm going to get a home inspector or some sort of expert out there so I know what I'm getting. Doesn't that make sense from the value perspective as well? The collateral that the lending institute is using to secure the debt? Shouldn't, shouldn't even the consumer be concerned that the property is worth what they're paying for. So I think appraisers will, will always be needed and should be an integral part. Um, we've got a webinar coming up. Join us March 23rd uh, for a webinar that we're going to talk about Fannie Mae's latest announcement. I encourage you to join that. It's free. It will be March 23rd at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're hanging in there. I hope you're finding ways to make money. Like I said, we've got an offering coming up talking about using restricted appraisal reports. I use those a lot for homeowners thinking about selling. I, I've just done several for estate transactions. Uh, you can do them for real estate agents that's having a hard time pricing something. And as I said just a few moments ago, more work means more money to me. Less work. If you're not going to be a hypocrite, if more work means more money, less work would probably mean a little, a little less money. Now, you still got to do the appraisal regardless of the report option, right? But it is a little less work, right? So I'm not undercutting anybody. I'm charging for my time and my knowledge. It's something I think that you should examine as we move forward. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast. Thank you for being here. I hope you stay safe, make some money, take a little mini vacation. Until next time, I'm your host, Brian Reynolds. Happy appraising. The Appraisal Update Podcast is brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning.